Dan, Zion, Oceana, Rakim. Nickelodeon once ran one of the greatest television programs of all time. However, everything changed when M. Night Shyamalan attacked. Podcasters around the world have talked about these stories for years and years. However, when we needed them the most, they vanished. Now, as the Order of the White Lotus prepares for new content, we will go back and preserve these stories as they are some of the greatest ever told on Earth. And maybe one day, we can change the world. Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> welcome to the Order of the White Lotus podcast, where we talk about everything from Avatar The Last Airbender all the way to Legend of Korra, why these shows are great, why we are talking about them, why we continue to watch them even when we're our early to mid-20s. I'm your host, Dan Rivera. With me today are my three lovely co-hosts, Oceana, Markim, and Zion. What's up, guys? How are you guys doing? Hello. <laughs> I'm good. I'm great. I'm awesome. That's great. Oh, it kind of like progressively got better. Yeah, it's great. like. Yeah, it was good. You guys are great. really, you guys awesome. are really feeling it. All right, Shulk. I know. I knew you were going to say that. That's it. All right, so it is time to start season three. I know it's been a while. I know. I know. It's my fault. I lost the original recordings of when we did this. So we are tackling it head on today. Season three, The Awakening, and The Headband. So let's just get right into it. The Awakening. Quick synopsis of it. Aang has woken up from a coma. At the end of season two, he was shot out of the air by Azula with her powerful, powerful lightning. Katara revived him using her spirit water. And now he is conflicting within himself. You know, his gang are telling him hey you got to stay undercover he's like no i don't want to stay undercover and he's fighting this battle within himself to either you know show his pride and his honor as the avatar or stay undercover and go along with the strategy while zuko being you know welcomed back to his home with open arms thanks to azula's you know kind of plan that's hatching over time you know he's kind of taking it all in right now he's loving it but he also kind of has his suspicions on what's going on so we will explore that more in this episode so my first question for y'all because this is shown you know pretty much right off the bat is how much stronger are our gang compared from season two to season three and, and i'm talking mentally and physically so Obviously, there was a big power jump. That is a fact. What did you guys feel about that power jump? Yay, nay, um, somewhere in between. What What are your thoughts on the power jump? There? I feel like we needed to see it because it's it's good. Like it's good for a pilot, uh, and it shows us that they're not messing around. You know, they need to. They they have a threat, and they need to get better. You know. Right, so. and you know, I say mentally because you know, not only are our benders on the team stronger, but Hakoda is with them. We have Sokka. We have. I was gonna say Sokka seems a lot more confident in this episode. Yeah, he so. he is the strategist for sure. He and his father and Bato have. I was gonna say. I wonder if that has anything to do with like his father being on board. I, I was gonna say. Be, I think his dad being there helps. Right. Because oh, he just yeah. want kind of wants to show off that like yeah he's kind of the alpha on the ship if if you will. Would you consider Sokka an alpha of like yes. the gang of the yes. gang? Yeah, I would. Okay. And we and we see that too. Yeah, like, yeah. In later he, episodes, he, he definitely backs backs it up. So. But what about what about like our benders now? Because we you know they interact with another Fire Nation ship. Fire Nation ship has suspicions. Toph uses metal bending to kind of get the jump on them before they attack them. And we see just how strong Katara got, Toph got, and even with new members from the Freedom Fighters now, you know, they're able to help. You have Pipsqueak and the Duke, you know, Pipsqueak being, you know, just giant muscles pretty much, and the Duke just being the Duke as before. Our, our gang has powered up significantly. What do you guys feel about the strength of our 
actual team now you know we're we're not just four anymore we're you know eight nine ten you know at, at some time so what do you guys feel about that so i also feel like uh how do i put it they had all this time to like do everything so why not train your ass off we need we need to see like what's the end game gonna look like here uh, i don't know i feel like the gap also just makes sense like i feel like weeks. they've been getting more powerful on that trajectory the whole time so it's kind of on course of where they were going anyway and the gap just kind of gave the show an easy way to move forward in the plot mm -hmm. Yeah, and this is only the beginning of season three, so it, it's only up from here. Qatar mm -hmm. is out here making whole fogs out of, you know, the ocean. I mean, obviously she's at a big advantage seeing as they're in the middle of the ocean, but even Toph with her metal bending, you know, we kind of saw a glimpse of it at the end of season two, but we really haven't seen it come in full force. Mm -hmm. And like now- in actual combat, which is just insane. Right, and it, she just treats it like it's Earth. Mm -hmm. It's just Earth to her now, <laughs> which is absolutely insane. So, mm -hmm. and like I said before, it only goes up from here. So we'll just see our benders and, you know, Sokka and, and Bato and Hakoda mentally, you know, strategically only get stronger from here. Obviously, there is the Day of Black Sun coming where we really see the plan of it all come together. Um, but for right now, where our team is now, they're at a pretty good place. If they can take on a whole Fire Nation ship by themselves and a nostalgic serpent, <laughs> then I think they're in a pretty good place there. All right. My next little prompt here is we're in a new setting. We are in the Fire Nation. What do you guys feel about, you know, going straight from the Earth Kingdom and now we're in the Fire Nation? I love it. How do you guys feel about that? Like, no buildup, nothing. Just we're in the Fire Nation now. I think initially I, I wasn't a fan of the no buildup thing, but I'll be honest, um, after going into episode two, you know, I hate to talk about it a little bit earlier than we should, but That's after fine. episode two, uh, kind of seeing how, how, like, the Fire Nation people interact and, like, they're kind of... You notice that they're regular people it's just the way that they're brought up which is like you know a thing from the real world i like to see the the behind the scenes if you will um in that sense so at first i was just like ah, like wow like we really just jumped right into the whole fire nation thing um, yeah they really threw us in the I water think, and see if yeah we could i think swim. eventually it just grew i mean i really liked it i like it because uh, most of season one and two is them traveling they're always traveling yeah. it's always them traveling on a journey doing stuff so this was a good way to just skip that part because there's so much plot in season three anyway to skip that whole traveling part and just be like okay here you are yeah this is where we're supposed to be this is yeah. where the mission is it's called fire for a reason <laughs> <laughs> so I, I like it you know day of black sun is taking place in the fire nation and however many days weeks and we're here so now we just gotta stay low and hopefully no one finds us which is you know a good way to bring us into the fire nation i think mm -hmm. undercover on the ship you know and and just the way it opened too Aang wakes up he's in a fire nation ship he thinks what just happened to my entire team yeah. mm -hmm. And then come to find out they're all just on the deck. Yeah, just honestly, chilling. From, from a writing standpoint, that's certainly a great pilot. Cause like I think what we waited how many like how long for season three? Like a year. For a year. So like at least to at wake least. up sorry, to, for the first episode years. to be like like Aang having that that vision and then waking up in the Fire Nation ship is like holy crap, like what's going on? Um but I think from uh you know my point of view i would like to see i would have liked to see like you know whose idea was it to like get on the fire nation ship anyway how did they hijack it how did that go this this and that and like maybe like the last week of their journey until ang wakes up or something like that but overall from the writer's standpoint like that's certainly a great opening yeah i think it does tell us that how they captured the ship i mean there's their benders and I think, so <laughs> I think Sokka came up with the idea when uh, okay, after they like, left Boston to yeah. yeah I mean like obviously we don't get like a whole fight scene of it they, right. we just kind of get them in like ninja gear and, and and them like just jumping on the ship but obviously we know that they take it over because they're on the ship but right now they don't even have like full disguises like Hakoda, Bato, and Sokka are in like soldier gear 
while you have Katara top wearing like ropes and then Appa mm-hmm. and Momo are kept underneath like some sheet mm-hmm. and you know obviously they're gonna have a lot of ships they even say it you know some ships have passed we're just delivering cargo bro just leave us alone and mm-hmm. some have left them but in this episode we see the ones that don't because obviously communication is key to the fire nation you know they are pretty much the enemies of the other three so they need to be able to keep a sharp eye for that kind of stuff and these soldiers did but Toph with her metal bending hearing thing <laughs> vibration putting a cup to the door <laughs> kind of thing uh kind of got the jump on them and and they outsmarted them and outmuscled them at mm-hmm. the same time so we're seeing a, a lot of feats of strength coming up for our heroes so this is definitely just the beginning all right another theme that gets explored in this episode and it's a pretty heavy one is katara and hakoda's constantly wavering relationship we see right from the beginning that Sokka is the one that's close to Hakoda and we don't really get to see Katara interact with Hakoda because in season two she was like I'm gonna stay here with the king you go see dad and that was like their their big reuniting moment but it was just Sokka now we get to see what Katara looks like with Hakoda how did you guys feel about their relationship I mean rocky relationship sure no yeah honestly yes obviously uh i think katara i see it from both sides unfortunately because i like to play devil's advocate because katara has a right to be upset with hokoda due to the fact that like sure he left he's a warrior right so he had to leave go off to war that's a good point this, this he and had that. to exactly he, I mean, he, he wanted had to, to. He had exactly to. like i'm sure he didn't want to leave his kids behind right but katara had to then step up and kind of be you know the mom of the family and take right, care of unfortunately hama exactly right unfortunately take care of Sokka and probably like the rest of the village too and help grand grand so like and and there was no like letters there was no like hey like i'm doing fine i miss you this this or that who knows i don't think hakoda had the opportunity to to do any of that um right they however, don't have they don't have messenger hawks like the it, fire right nation. exactly <laughs> however no hockey no uh, hockey for sure <laughs> hokoda on the other hand like he in his mind he did it for them i think right going off to war and like he did it to protect that small little um village village i suppose right uh if you will and in Sokka's eyes like he's a he's a warrior he's a strong man he did what he had to do like i want to be like him um so i kind of understand where katara is coming from however i wish she was a little bit more understanding you know with hokoda because she was definitely a little brutal like to a parent you have to also remember how like her age in that moment yeah like she's still a kid so to her like she can't separate herself from that situation Mm. and be like oh yeah this is something he had to do like it takes time for her to be able to do that and she feels like she needs an acknowledgement from him of the fact that he left them behind it doesn't seem like she was even giving him the chance probably not she is angry but again she's what a 14 13 not even 14 yeah, it, it was like she yeah she's 14 like it, she i don't think him. i would do that like at 14 if i knew my dad had been gone since i was like five that's almost 10 years of her life that he hasn't been there uh, yeah maybe yeah maybe five years or five years old one of those two yeah it's a long time that he's not time. there and it's yeah. very hard to separate that emotionally especially when you also lost your mom mm. And uh, like you said, like she took on a lot of the responsibility. So it's very hard to like, while I agree with you that I see Hakoda's side because I'm an adult, mm-hmm. I think from her standpoint, if I were her, I wouldn't, like I would be hurt. Mm-hmm. Nice. And also in that moment, I don't know if this changes anything, but it was when Aang was like, I need to go find my purpose, pretty much my purpose again. And mm-hmm. it flew off. And she was like, oh, yeah. how could he leave? Right. And then oh, yeah. Hakoda's like, you're talking about me, aren't you? And he, she's like, yes <laughs> yes i'm also talking about you why did you leave right. you know and it, and it kind of leads into your point like okay she clearly doesn't understand how you know warriors are right. when you know you can't spell warrior without war and there was a war going on that was, on. A, that was freaking beautiful <laughs> oh my god and he had to go fight for his nation he is kind of like the head like tribesmen of yeah, right. the mm-hmm. southern water tribe yeah, so he's, he's the leader up. he 
leads the charge there. But obviously, Katara, with a lot of trauma, you know, had a hard time it, like thinking about that and also understanding it. So she probably also didn't process a lot of it because she was busy being responsible. Mm. Like, not like I've been in that situation where like I haven't grieved something because I had to be busy taking care of other stuff mm. because of the loss. Right. So she probably hasn't like really processed it either. She's just sitting with that anger that she hasn't been able to do anything about. Right. Like, and you got to understand, you know, even though, you know, this is Avatar and, you know, they're very inclusive and everything, there are still gender roles here. And Katara's role from the beginning was to live up to the expectations of her mom, who obviously is not around anymore. Sokka still has his dad to look up to. Katara has really no reason to look up to Hakoda because mm -hmm. one, he's not a bender and two, he's a man. So he has different. He has different mm -hmm. aspirations, you know, and, and like the bender thing is pretty big too. Yeah. And I I feel like Katara just has a hard time relating to Hakoda because of that. Like, look at Sokka. Sokka saw him. He was like, "What up, Dad?" Like, <laughs> like nothing happened. And obviously, Katara has, you know, much different feelings about that. So I, I understand both sides as well. But I think it was interesting to see Katara really clash right off the bat with her dad and you know obviously they come to an agreement because you know they're, they're traveling together and it's avatar <laughs> like yeah. like they're not gonna end it really on a sour note but it did take a lot of you know progression to get there because we see it throughout the whole episode mm. like, there's like four instances of her like what are you saying oh yeah you left <laughs> 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 but like each time though hakoda handled it well he was so understanding Absolutely. yeah like, Hokoda like was he, very understanding. That's thing, yeah. that's, that's he's, a, he's a calm, collected man. Yeah, <laughs> he is, and and I think he just understands. I mean, like, I mean, like the thing is, you know, Katara says all the time, like, I lost my mom. Saka also lost his mom. Hokoda lost a wife. <laughs> like, we never really thought about it like that, too. Like, Hokoda lost a whole wife. You know what I'm saying? Like, so I they like like we say, you know, she just has a different way of dealing with these things, mm -hmm. and. It, it's a lot harder for her to to deal with that fact because her mom she looked up to her mom and Sokka looks up to Hakoda so even though Sokka might not say it a lot obviously he still misses mom but you know Hakoda's there Sokka has aspirations and an inspiration to live for so but I understand Katara in that situation I think it was pretty interesting last one and I think this is the main point in the episode is that we see Aang talking about you know being the avatar again reclaiming that honor that has lost because he's dead to the rest of the world while zuko is trying to hold on to that honor that he feels is slipping away what do you guys feel about that parallel i think this is like when it comes to ang and zuko we've seen a lot of parallels but this is definitely like the one that's gonna conclude up to the mountain you know like before they were in like the little townhouses on the side now they're starting to climb up that mountain together what do you guys feel about that it's reversed this time ang wants to he he feels like he's let everybody down he's he needs to regain his his quote-unquote honor by trying to carry everything on his shoulders he can't can't do it alone and zuko feels like okay well i don't deserve this because Azula clearly has other intentions with him and he didn't he didn't do anything. He just kind of went along with the notion. I don't know. Yeah, I never really thought about this until right now, but when Zuko lost his honor, he was given a scar on his face. When Aang lost his honor, he got a scar on his back. It's Fire Nation people. <laughs> I never really thought about, I never really put that two together, but they both have they, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they scar. both have scars and those scars remind them of a failure. Mm -hmm. And we, and I say now that they're climbing up the mountain because like you said, there were you know many different parallels and you know now it's the reverse. But they're going to eventually revert back, right? Mm -hmm. Well, Zuko's on a better path that we know, but eventually they're gonna come together and you know meet there. Um, just in the sense of this episode, did do you want to did you want to see more of that you know because we don't we don't get a lot of that 
Love in, in these two episodes of like their conflicting ideologies. Like, would you have liked to see that explored even more? I mean, I think they do a right amount of it, if I'm being honest, because we get that throughout the whole entire series. So it's not like we need more or less of it. If I'm like, that's just my opinion. on it. I that's what I want. I want yeah. your opinion. Yeah, yeah no, I, I agree. I feel like they explored it enough where it's like, it gives room for other plot points that are also important right. to be explored. That's true. Yeah, like we wouldn't have, I don't think we would have got that Katara Hakoda moment if, right. you know, they were just exploring Zuko and Aang all the time. Mm -hmm. It is it is really fascinating to see them connect those two characters so much. Yeah. And knowing what we know, and obviously if you're a fan of the pot or the, the TV show. No, the podcast. Yeah, and if you're Both, a fan of the podcast yeah. <laughs> and you and you heard us talk about it before, you know when Zuko and Aang finally meet, it's it's like a it's like a battle of the ages because Fates. right because they've been pretty much at wit's end with each other throughout the whole series, and now we see them on this path to redemption, but but they're gonna meet in the middle now because Zuko's path of redemption before he's already got it. But he's like, mm, I, don't, I don't know if this is what I want. Or this wasn't the right way to gain it. I was going to say, is it really redemption, though? That, like, I mean, mm. to the Fire Nation, it is. Yeah. My man is a and, whole like, to prince. the viewer at the moment, it mm. is. Like, if you were watching this for the first time, it is. I know. But if, the thing is, like, Azula, it, Azula, don't get me wrong, is a very cunning character. And I think they write her very well. But she is deceptive. Like, we know her as deceptive. So, obviously, she has an ulterior motive that we'll see later. But Zuko's already like, really? Yeah. <laughs> like, come on. Zuzu, come on. Let's <laughs> stop playing around. <laughs> we know something else is going on here. So, and then the episode kind of just ends with Aang coming to terms with, okay. I don't have to do this alone. Right. Thank you, Trun. I know. <laughs> I just heard it. <laughs> and coming to terms with like what, like what you said, I don't have to do this alone. I got a team. We are going to do this together. And I'm going to stay dead. <laughs> <laughs> because obviously that's part of the plan. You know, he's going to be like the big surprise at the day of Black Sun now, which originally wasn't part of the plan, but it kind of just like, oh, that's convenient. Yeah, it just like lended itself very naturally to the plan. Which I think also upset Aang because it was like, oh, you're just using my death as part of the plan? Like, Absolutely. without even telling me? <laughs> and they were like, dude, you were comatose. Literally in a coma. <laughs> <laughs> you were comatose. Like, we were trying to figure out how to do it without you. <laughs> and you also haven't eaten anything, so. <laughs> when Katara brought him food, he just dipped. <laughs> so he hasn't eaten anything. So I'm sure he's hungry. So he's like, please give me some food. Imagine being a civilian and hearing that the Avatar died twice. <laughs> I know. Yeah, yep. some people like probably lived through both. Crazy. I know. I like, like, really, in, in reality, the Avatar should have been like <laughs> right there. Boom. Like, <laughs> next one. But remember, he was in the Avatar state, so. Oh, yeah, it would have ended. So everyone oh, yeah, thought every, that was it. Yep, Ooh, shout yep. out to Katara. But I don't think anybody like knew that like specific detail. Oh, though. yeah. That's, no, unless it's Azula really only like. Disclosed yeah, it. it's really only like a. It's like, like an Avatar to Avatar thing. Mm -hmm. Fire Nation, really <laughs> <know that. laughs> Fire Nation doesn't really know about that yet. Yeah, let's keep it on the down low. You know, Aang comes to terms with his, you know, death. And Zuko goes to a prison in a shroud here. And, you know, he gets noticed and he walks away. But who is the mysterious person he wants to go see? We'll find that out in the headband. So... In the headband, our gang, <laughs> our gang, are in the Fire Nation. Our gang for are real in. now for Rizzles. Our gang are, are in. in. Okay, before they were in the middle of the ocean, they were on a Fire Nation ship. They got to you know Roku's old volcano island, dropped the staff off there, and and dipped toward the close closest entry point. Now they are in the fire nation they are in a village itself so they get disguises they go in act like regular civilians but unfortunately ang picked out a school uniform he gets caught by some proctors and gets brought into class and gets to meet all these kids and kind of helps them rebel against the fire nation to 
put it in simpler terms than that, you know, gets in a couple scuffles and, and into some trouble along the way. But at the end of the episode, you know, the kids kind of see what Aang is going for and go along with it. You know, they go against the teacher, they go against the other proctors, and Aang shows them what life outs or what a happy life is, right? Because, you know, Aang is using old Fire Nation traditions, you know, old dances, old, you know, wear, old names in terms Link, of uh, slang. That guy looks so confused. He was like, what? <laughs> uh, okay. <laughs> and then the kids finally see, you know, what, what having fun is like. So my first prompt for this episode is first of all our heroes in new clothes i love fire nation fashion period all red blacks for the most part i would like to agree thank you it's pretty fire it's I nice like to agree i like top shoes <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah top with her top no sole shoes, shoes. Oh, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's like what did she say footwear for the blind earth yep. under yep good for top but yeah i think they look great um Katara has like Katara it. right it's different too. it's refreshing yeah that's yeah. probably the yeah yeah, yeah. yeah new hairstyles that's, I mean Aang has hair I don't know if, <laughs> 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 we didn't mention that in the last episode but Aang has hair so but I do love Aang with hair it's so cute it is cute I know it's like <laughs> that's it's like also it's, different it's like coarse it it's not even like yeah. smooth it's yeah like, it's like curly he black bro it's Hey, yo, oh, that's an okay, African anyway. man. Oh, okay. oh my god. No, no, that's I'm sorry for what you said. You would like to think so. Oh sorry. I really don't know. Don't take me serious, please. No. We have a we have a little moment with Katara and her water tribe necklace having to take that off mm. for, you know, like a Fire Nation neck piece. Um, but other than that, you know, the new uniforms just serve as disguises for the most part, but they look good, mm -hmm. enjoyable to look at. I'm pretty sure they wouldn't want our want our heroes in clothes that we didn't want to look at. So um, it was getting it was getting kind of boring. I mean, two seasons full of you know this pretty much the same. Yeah, the clothes, same clothes. Yeah. And they are travelers too. It's not like they can just like buy like new clothes all the time. Right. right. I mean, like you know, Earth Nation clothing, Water Tribe clothing, you know, Ang's clothes. Are, are gonna be pretty much the same um, but now we get to see them in Fire Nation clothing we get to see just Fire Nation casual clothing yeah, in general you know like we're not the so, stupid pointy shoulder pads <laughs> we're used to seeing the spike shoulder the shoes that like curl yeah, up like, the elf shoes <laughs> you know we're used to seeing soldiers in uniform or like royalty of like Azula oh Zuko. royalty right you know sure. sometimes in sometimes in a robe Maybe, but oh. if you will, or a bathing. Oh wait, oh no, nope, not, not yet, not yet. We'll get there. Spoilers. <laughs> Sorry, but yeah. So our first like real one is that they are in the Fire Nation, right? Like before, but this time they are in a village. They are meeting civilians. Aang gets enrolled in a Fire Nation school, meets students. What do you guys feel about your surroundings now? Because before, when we we're when we were greeted by Fire Nation, it was always fireballs, soldiers saying "stop," spears thrown, whatever. You there? <laughs> that was good. <laughs> and now we get, you know, Aang with his greeting flamio, you know, and they're talking to to Fire Nation citizens, mm. which is something they really never done before, like on a casual level. So, how do you guys feel about that? This felt like more like a side quest, a filler, if you will. Um, I think I was weirded out about it at first because I'm like, what? Like, why is he in school? Like, why do we care about this? But then, like, they got into the history and Aang being all defiant and everything. Um, and like, we're just not knowing be, anything, <laughs> right? And and then him going to be like seeing him being like the the, the he stood out a lot more than all the other students was really cool and like him interacting with everybody was at the end of the day interesting to see. So. Uh, I, I guess I did like it at the end of the day. I, it, not just from the gang's standpoint, but from like everybody else. Yo, Fire Nation are racist. They are brainwashy. Like, it's, like, not yeah, even, yeah. it's also like, like classes. Yeah, 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 like, yes, that's right. the word I'm Yeah, it wasn't even. It wasn't even like racist because yeah, yeah. they believe he's also Fire Nation. It's classes. That's like they were like, "You're poor." Like right. gross. Thanks. So. Aang goes by the name Kuzan, which is like a name Fire Nation probably haven't heard in a very long time. 
and I think he even said it was like from a Fire Nation colony. Like, yeah. from yeah. Fire they're they're Nation from colony. the they're from the Earth Kingdom colony, or which right, are right, right. inhabited by, by the, the Fire, Fire Nation. Nation. Correct. This is best friend's name. Yeah. Right, yeah. Kuzan was his was his best friend, and obviously before he froze himself into an iceberg, and you know all these weird traditions. Like he keeps his headband on. He's got like a, you know, he says he's got a scar um, to cover it up because obviously the arrow, and he just. He's just very old-fashioned, you know. Even with his greetings, Flamio, Hopman, Hopman, you know, those those are things of the past. People don't do that anymore. And it's you know, hard he, to believe they ever did that. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's when the Fire Nation was like cool, you know, like oh, yeah. before before the war, pretty sure. much. Um, I I feel like the like not for nothing, but it parallels the U.S. a lot in like a lot oh, yeah. of ways like the was, yeah, the history being like inaccurate to like look a little better in favor of the fire nation and also just like for me like watching it i was thinking about how like y like people from the u.s are not used to seeing war like on their front doorstep mm. like they are like we're involved in lots of wars but we're not we don't see it like the countries where the wars are happening see it and the fire nation is kind of the same way like all these kids are just in school not thinking anything of it minding their own business like whatever and the kids obviously have nothing to do with it but like they're not seeing up close and personal like how this war is affecting all these other people and what it's like to be in it and that was like interesting to me i kind of just like put that together but yeah so that's, <laughs> the same, that's the same thing that uh like the Earth Kingdom, like the highest society, Earth Kingdom, they don't know. Yeah. Any, they yeah, don't true. know anything it's just outside like a of the wall. Separation yeah. from it, and so like they almost like can't feel like a guilt about it or like mm -hmm. anything. They're just kind of learning whatever they're told to learn. Imagine they had Twitter, bro. Yeah, right. Know, right? Yeah, no, <laughs> no, no, a whole different experience. No Twitter, no news. Yo, side note, side note, if I can, I heard something interesting today. You know, so like movies back in the in the eighties, nineties, whatever, right? Uh, a movie like. I get the only one I can think of is Dumb Dumb and Dumber. <laughs> okay. <laughs> right? Classic. Like how it, it, what was the plot, right? They they got lost or something? Did I Or they were trying that. to find their way to to something, right? If they had a smartphone, like oh, that movie yes. the plot would be Oh, nothing. right. Yeah. So like movies now, they because of like the, the technology around, you can literally just freaking like look it up it kind of ruins the plot of everything yeah, yeah they have to work Random around it note. they just have to work around it yeah work around it right it's a big exactly and also like with technology now there's a whole bunch of more plot points that you can explore that now yeah so that also is yeah. it kind of makes up for like the lack <laughs> yeah. of like okay they have smartphones yeah, like, when just, you look put it just make a period piece <laughs> like if that's a problem <laughs> yeah anyways right but, yeah but, but yeah they're just very talk. like it's not an Sheltered. experience for them. Yeah. Sheltered, yeah. That's that's a that's a that's a word <laughs> for sure in, in this one because you know they're singing the Fire Nation anthem, the Pledge of Allegiance. Pledge of Allegiance. And some of the some of the things that they're saying like I will like I, eventually I will fight for my country, you know, obviously the Fire Nation is the best. Little do they know what's going on the outside. Mm -hmm. And, and, and sometimes they know like the history of it, but what I'll get to with, you know, Aang being, you know, a rebel slash just knowing better because he was there. There are certain things that the Fire Nation say or do that Aang is like, nah, it didn't go, it didn't go down like that, Chief. Like, I was there. Or, well, he can't say yeah. that, but <laughs> he was thinking it. Yeah. He was like, I was there. Um, so let's just go into it. So. There's like a pop quiz because Aang messes up the, the pledge because he doesn't know it. Obviously, Fire Lord, blah, blah, blah. And he gets a question. He The proctor asks a question and he's like, um, is that a trick, a trick question? question? Yeah. The, the Fire Nation or the Air Nomads didn't have a formal army. Mm. The Fire Nation just kind of came up and, and just killed them all. And she's <laughs> like, uh, how could you know that? You weren't there. And he was like... I'll write my best guess. <laughs> Which, you know, I don't know what he wrote, but it was probably the like, wrong what answer. If he, anyway. What if he did say he was there? Then oh, how, how they gonna prove that? Yeah, she would have like, been like, oh, so you're a smart exactly. ass too. Like, okay. Yeah, like, <laughs> unless they are just smart and just like take off your head, man. Yeah, right. <laughs> take that off like, right now. Like, question him? Like, He's like, I'm a child. How dare you? Like, for real. <laughs> but yeah. So a big thing. Like, like we were just discussing was Aang is 
pretty much the rebel child in this whole episode. He's dancing during music class, which is like, what is that crazy hullabaloo going on with oh your feet? <laughs> That's what he said. <laughs> and he's just like, I'm just dancing. And they're like, no dancing. And he's like, okay. And then he tries to talk. He tries to be friendly with this girl, this Chad. I'm Anji? An well, Anji is the girl. I'm saying whatever the dude's Chad name is. works. Chad. <laughs> he, he he's comes the embodiment. Over. He, he comes over and tries the to blueprint. fight Aang. And it seems like he's like the schoolyard. <laughs> it seems like he's the schoolyard bully. You know, everyone's like, don't don't mess with him. He, he's very scary. Like, he's like one of the older kids. Aang's like, yeah, I'm just showing I... Anji some movements. And he's like, hey, yo. <laughs> no one shows her anything. He tries to pick a fight with Aang. Aang, obviously. That's toxic. Uh, Aang, one, being, um, what's the word? Pacifist is yeah. not going to swing at him. But he does kind of like. Too. Right. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> he does kind of like just dance around him, embarrassing him more. Literally. In, 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 in that sense. And he gets really mad. And he gets called to the office by his principal. We get a funny moment with Sokka and Katara acting like his parents. Then after this, he gets he gets this crazy idea. After getting in trouble, he's like, I'm going to throw everybody a dance party. Yeah, I thought that was so dumb. Okay, Why? explain. Why? We could literally because of everything that transpired they're like trying to be who he is yeah who he <laughs> is they're literally that alone already should already be a huge red flag like they're trying to be discreet and that is not discreet at all like I, that gives me a lot of anxiety also last episode i said to Mark kim he literally was talking about how like he was out for however long and they're so far behind and then they're like dude we got to move on and he's like no a party like yeah, where's right? the priority <laughs> none at all no he but was like oh man all right i guess i'll lay low but i still want to be the avatar yeah, though, like right? literally <laughs> It needed to. He he. It was just like one of those moments where he just wanted to have have these kids like know what it's like to be free for and once. Have fun. Right? No, I get like, it. I get dancing it, is a form yes. Of it, expression. It, it, it was a risk, but they yeah. had. They clearly had it. Had a plan to get away if anything no, did transfer. Sure, I also like what you just said, where he was like, "I'm still the avatar," because that is like a kind of avatar thing to do. He's bringing people together. Mm. He's showing them a different way and stuff like that. And that's, so that's that is him mm. being what he's supposed to right, be. He could have just like did. They could have just did. Like, mm -hmm. okay, we got in trouble. On to the next stop. You yeah. know, like yeah, it's whatever. not like it's not like they stopped there for vitals. Aang got caught mm -hmm. and he went to school. That's the only reason why. And, you know, Sokka is privy to this, but Aang's like, oh, we're going to find out where this secret river is. He manipulated mm -hmm. him. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> oh, I know. I love that. Sokka, Sokka is pretty smart. So for Aang to really genuinely like outwit him in that moment was kind of nice. He's he was like, like I, I know. He's like, yeah, I got the secret river, but look at Ozai and Macaroni. <laughs> I was like, hey, okay. I was like, Sokka, look, I know you're young, but come on, dog. <laughs> he's, like, clearly, he's clearly playing you here. And, and, and it brings me back to that point. Aang is a child. Yes. <laughs> he did not have that social life that even being sheltered as they are, the Fire Nation yeah. kids get to go out and you know have fun mm -hmm. with hey, hide and explode hide and explode. <laughs> hide and explode yeah i was like hey <laughs> <laughs> like what and, and before when ang you know was playing around they used to play like air air ball or the the game with the, the posts mm -hmm. and then when he became avatar they were like nah we don't want to play with you anymore he has found kids that want to play with him yeah He's got to do it. That's so sad, but cute. <laughs> he's going to do it. It's literally in his nature. Yeah. And he's gonna, and he's gonna yeah. find a way to have fun. And that's the thing. He loves having fun. Mm -hmm. You know, every, pretty much everything that he does outside of fighting is for enjoyment for himself because he it's didn't, 12. he didn't get that right. And he's 12, <laughs> <laughs> which is like, which is like the biggest point. And even though we just came off the heels of, all right, fine. Like I'll lay low. <laughs> I Aang almost is, died. Ain't got a disguise now. Mm -hmm. Who's gonna notice him, right? He's who's on to these to these kids. He ain't. Where's Ang? Who's on around Aang here? Ang is back at the volcano with the staff. Who's <laughs> on is here to stay. All right. It's your neighborhood club. <laughs> <laughs> this is your neighborhood. <laughs> it is not. We see that every time he says Flamio. 
<laughs> but you know, he got he's got like the old school dances, mm-hmm. which impressed like the ladies. You know, even the even the boys are like, oh, what the heck? And they're like, okay, he's pulling. All right, bro. it's kind of fire though. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's kind of cool. It's like a narc going into like. <laughs> but then the kids also fight for Aang too, right? Because yeah, that's true. the Chad tells on on them, says they're having a dance party. Proctor and the principal come over. And they're trying to find Aang, and they keep looking for kids with headbands, and they're all they're all playing for team for team Aang here. Team Kuzan. <laughs> team <They> Kuzan. <suck. laughs> they're on Team Kuzan, right? Because they don't they don't know that they're they're benders in the Avatar, mm-hmm. but they're they're all here for for Kuzan. You know, they're putting on the headbands, kind of like fooling the Proctors and letting them get away, and it just goes to show that it worked. I don't know what's gonna happen to those kids. Like, what are <laughs> yeah, they right? do? They're so, all like, getting detention up. for like a month. Like, they're gonna, they're, gonna, <laughs> they're like scrubbing the school with a toothbrush. Yeah, they better all form of them. a line out the office for them parents. Cause <laughs> that's a lot. That was like a hundred kids. Yeah, it's like the whole school. I bet. Even the Flamingos, the band that played for them. <laughs> I'm like, damn, bro. The band just, kept playing, the too. Play-me-o. I know what it is now. They were like, this is the chase sequence. Let's go. <laughs> so that was that was pretty cool to see, you know, the kids kind of like go in for, for Kuzan there and, yeah. and and just go along with it. I don't know what's going to happen to them. I, I'm going to send a prayer, <laughs> prayer for those kids because I know how to fire nation be, but they, they really did that. So good for them. Now, even like like Xeon said, this was kind of like a filler, right? This really didn't have any way like weights on the plot itself. You know, we we're at our destination, we're leaving the destination. That's kind of really all the story itself that we're getting. The big part that has to do with the story is Zuko. Now, throughout the whole episode, we see Zuko go from life of luxury. You know, he is sitting at a cliffside with May just talking about how they hate the world <laughs> and romance mm. and azula goth girlfriend and <laughs> emo boyfriend <laughs> one in the same those two but they are they are definitely in love and uh, here comes azula at this point they are like like they are at a cliff yeah like they are far yeah, she really away meandered her way over there. azula's like <laughs> Hold on, let me check my Zuko tracker. <laughs> my Zuko radar. Go find my friends. <laughs> nah, she had the palin keepers. My radar. <laughs> she was like, I know where this man is. Let me just go bother him. And she sends May off to do something. And As you do. And Zuko, has, like last episode, has gone to the prison. Obviously, he doesn't want anyone to know. But Azula, being the manipulative sister that she is, she's like, oh, did you go to the I heard you went to the prison to see Uncle Fatso and he's like who told you this and she's like you did you did <laughs> you did <laughs> <laughs> and now Zuko's like okay well what is it and Azula's just kind of like yo I just don't want you getting caught bro don't do anything stupid don't do anything like that even though obviously Azula wants him to mess but, up and but, but I also feel like she needed she needed him not to get caught for a later part of her, her plan. Mm, like she might have yeah. meant that to some extent. Yeah. To keep him around for her plan. But you know, alternative. Oh, yeah. yeah. Mm. But also, like it's like I mean, you're gonna do what you do. Right. Exactly. It was like if you get caught, it's not on me. But I know you're going there, so better watch your step. Yeah. <laughs> better watch your step. If I found out, other people could find out. Well, she's also the princess of the fire. Yeah, engine. but still. <laughs> uh, Resources. You know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah no, that's why I let you guys rip off each other. That's fine. <laughs> so Zuko goes to the prison again, and he sees none other, none other than Uncle Iroh himself. And we see Uncle Iroh. He is withered, down bad, down, down <laughs> bad. bad. That period. He is down bad on the surface, at least. Right on the surface. Oh, and even even when it comes to like emotion, like Zuko steps in the cell, Daddy. and Iroh goes from looking at him, he's like, "Let me just scoop <laughs> and <laughs> turn around." Turn he doesn't even want to look at Zuko. And knowing what we know later on, their reunion. Do you feel like Iroh did that on purpose, or do you think on it was purpose. a moment? Of, okay, I, I, I think everything Iroh does is on purpose. I think it was a it was a bit oh. of like he was dead, like 
pretty pissed off at him mm-hmm. but at the same time i think iroh's one where like he can he he knows how to control his emotions so i feel like he meant it but to, but he was to hurt. get at him to get at him like he he was definitely hurt and he did it to like make zuko think like i like wow okay like he's like really, damn i messed up yeah like damn i messed up so i think it, it was a good mix of both like on purpose and like a little bit of of real resentment towards I, him i don't think it was resentment i think it was f- disappointment mm-hmm. uh, more so sure yeah. like he he needed to do that because zuko needs like that like he's i was giving him too many chances that's i think that's what i said like, when we talked about it the first yes, time yeah. i talked about how like <laughs> Essentially, like, you can't help someone who doesn't want to help themselves. And Iroh has been guiding him and guiding him and guiding him. And now he needs Zuko to make the decisions for himself. Mm. I I think Iroh gave him, like, two chances in the last two episodes of season two alone. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, not not even before that. No, No, like, redemptions or anything like that. Like, season two was his time. He put up with his shit for a while. Yeah. I can't. Also, I will say... I hate Zuko in this episode. Like, I hate yeah. everything he does. I hate that he brings him things to try to get advice from him. I hate that he, like, immediately, like, shifts to anger when right. he doesn't get what he wants out of it. Like, there's so much about his personality in this episode where I'm like, you are a spoiled, like, 15-year-old boy. <laughs> and it, like, infuriates me. Yeah, I think it just goes to show, even though Zuko, in air quotes here, won his his conflicting emotions <laughs> are probably even worse now mm-hmm. we kind of saw them in season two a lot you know he kind of got sick <laughs> from even thinking <laughs> a different way <laughs> my, my boy almost died from doing a good Man deed got, like covid <laughs> <laughs> i know he let go of the bison he was like his white blood cells are fighting for his life bro <laughs> They've never seen a lick of nice <laughs> not once. It's like a vacation. It's like good. What is this? <laughs> oh. did, you, did you just smile? <laughs> <laughs> so and then that was after like a long fought battle. And now, you know, he wants to feel the satisfaction of, of being brought home, but something inside of him is just keeping that that sensation away and and Uncle Iroh knows this. Iroh knows all. He knows that there is a battle going on in Zuko, even still to this day. So Iroh is, you know, playing the playing the quiet game right now. He's the he's the silent type. He hasn't said a word. We won't hear him say a word for long for, time for quite for some while, time. Yeah. To Zuko, we we hear him talk to uh, a certain guard voiced by Serena Williams. <laughs> but other than that, not a word to Zuko. Did you not know that? No. Well, he, to- he told me this uh, the last time uh, too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, the guard that brings him like an extra thing of rice. I do not know this. Serena yeah. Williams. Oh yeah. my gosh. And the, like, once you hear it, you'll be like, <laughs> Yeah, I'm gonna know oh. now. Right. Yeah. I know. Well, because I'm used to hear like, ah! <laughs> 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 like I'm used to hear like yelling. I don't really hear her like, <laughs> like you speak. More <laughs> <laughs> like, so, like very like somber too. Like yeah. you know, for like a an athlete of her caliber, like. She has a she's very soft spoken. It's actually kind of hot. Hey, yo. <laughs> I don't think that was a <laughs> you second guessed that. <laughs> no, we talked about women one time. They're objectified. <laughs> I can't believe it. Dan, Dan did not want to say it, no, but he was I like, ah, oh, damn, I'm already on the path. Soothing. <laughs> I was like Zuko, bro. I was, I was like, path of destiny. <laughs> I was like, sorry, I was like, I'm already. Was that Scott Pilgrim uh, freaking <laughs> moment with the freaking spinning wheel? He oh, was like, yeah. I have to pee. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was pretty much me. It was just like hot. <laughs> sorry, I sorry, Serena Williams, if you're listening. Um, but yeah, constant conflicting emotions in Zuko, and you know, we thought we saw the end of that in season two. Maybe mm-hmm. finally we're done. He's got what he's wanted. No, mm-hmm. it only get worse. <laughs> it only gets worse from here. So. I mean, that's really the headband in a nutshell. There's really not much story to it other than Zuko's kind of progressing slow downhill <laughs> turn here. And I, and I think for for better or for worse, it definitely, it, it's nice to see Zuko. Well, 
Wow, I feel really, I feel really shitty saying that, but it's kind of nice seeing Zuko like still conflicting because that is my favorite part of the show. Like my favorite part of the show is seeing Zuko's, you know, battle within himself. As strong of a firebender as he is, that man does not have a hold on his emotions, the, and it shows. The the payoff is tremendous. Mm. Absolutely. Like, all right. Well, any final thoughts? Anything you want to get off your chest about the episodes? Maybe you didn't like it. Maybe it was your favorite. I like it. Was it. A yeah, it was a yeah, filler episode. It was a, it was a fun little filler episode. I'm talking about both of them, like Awakening and the Headband. I think both were solid episodes. Yes. A good start to season three. I agree. A good start. I forgot episode three and four. They, they die right in. I can't mm. wait to watch the guards bully Iroh because I think it's so funny. And then knowing what happened, knowing what that was not funny. I no, think it's funny because it's, it's like it's like is that part of his his punishment that they oh. have to go oh. with him and say some like out of pocket? Oh, in that oh. sense, sure. <laughs> so I mean, they, I mean, he ate rice off the ground. I don't know. <laughs> <I'm>, <laughs> you, look yes. at you, <laughs> the dragon of the west. <laughs> now look at you. Disgust me. It's like the the NPCs and the like the games that you and you're like. You're playing like Call of Duty or something. You're in like the jail, so they're like, Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, literally. <laughs> this, man. You're like jangling the cup on the, <laughs> the bars. Poor Iroh. All right, well, he'll he'll get his he'll get he his does, uh, revenge in a, in a later episode. It's not but revenge. Next time, no spoilers. Next time you'll see us, we will be discussing the painted lady and. Sokka's master. Yeah, I was like, yeah, that's Sokka's master. Well, who's the painted lady? Who's Sokka's master? Find out on the next episode of The Order of the White Lotus. Flamio Hobbin. It's like, what is that? Is that an outro music now? That's Headband by 2 Chains. Well, by B.O.B. That's, oh, that's oh, why I oh, said oh. Headband. I was whistling. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> okay, got it.